Welcome to a special episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. In our bonus episodes, we like to give some airtime to stories and individuals that are doing something just that little bit special. Today's guests are the inspiring hospital crew, Elsa Diego, Angus Collins, Josh McIntyre and Will David. Coming up on today's show... Elsa reveals her endurance capability. I'm definitely not somebody who does endurance of any shape or form, unless wine drinking is a form of endurance. Angus has an overly optimistic view of the onboard living quarters. Then you've got two cabins, one at the front, which I call it the palace. Josh shows us that he forgot where he was. I almost made the mistake of uh, jumping into the water at one point. And Will clarifies who was the boss. If Angus is the captain on the boat, Elsa is very much the captain on the land. All that and so much more as the crew talk us through the whole experience from planning through to execution. It's a phenomenal story of adversity and positivity and I for one have nothing but incredible admiration for all involved and all for a wonderful cause, Hospitality Action. Please share this inspiring story as far as you can and if you're able, donate and help raise the profile of this amazing charity who's got all of our backs when we need it the most. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to a very, very special episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. And oh my giddy aunt, am I a little excited about today's guests. We've got not one, not two, not even three. We've four shiny guests as we welcome the crew of Hospital Row, which was a 250-kilometer row up the west coast of Scotland over 72 continuous hours. That is the wonderful humans that are Elsa de Jaeger, Angus Collins, Josh McIntyre, and Will David. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us, yeah. Big intro. Yeah, well, that's a a big event that needs some lofty kind of intros like that. So um, I I just take my hat off to you guys. I actually meant to say a big salty sea dog welcome, but I completely missed that (laughs) because I was that excited. (laughs) How are you all anyway? Recovering still. (laughs) 100% recovering. I, I, it's been two weeks and I'm still utterly broken, personally. <laughs> I was about to say the opposite. It feels like a lifetime ago. I, like, I, I, I can't believe it. It feels like another era. I don't know why that is, but it just feels so far away. But um, I'm not sure why that is. But yeah, it feels... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm still kind of riding high on, the, on that wave of adrenaline, guys. I wish you could join me. <laughs> <laughs> and Angus, you're off to do something... Even more insane, as I understand it. Uh, yeah, so I'm actually I'm currently sitting in Antigua, waiting to get into California. So we're doing our 14 days quarantine here, and then head over to California, and then we're rowing from San Francisco to Hawaii. Of course, so, you are. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. The the hospital row is a good little training exercise, and yeah, it's definitely on the the brighter side of life. We had a lot of fun out there, which I'm not sure if we're going to be having in the middle of the Pacific. Yeah, it, t- it totally yeah. makes our row sound really like crap now. <laughs> like you just right at the beginning of the podcast made the, the our endeavor <laughs> like really small. Yeah, do you want me to turn the microphone off? And yeah, we'll that's start it. Again? Angus is done talking. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of him. Uh, so if we can take it one by one, just give a, uh, give us a little introduction as to to who you all are. Elsa, obviously, you and I have have well, actually, we've never met, but we have actually done two chats before this. You're a, a previous guest and friend of the show, but just let everybody know what you're up to these days. Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, I am people and culture director for a new group of hotels called Guest House Hotels, which amazingly is launching on Monday, so it's really exciting. May 17th, with the reopening of indoor hospitality, we open our first hotel in Bath, and we have a second one in York, and a third one in Brighton. So it's really exciting, really busy. And yeah, I've been, you know, I've been in hospitality forever and a day. I've I've done, done pretty much everything, you know, from KP to manager to bartender to all of it. So I'm, I'm definitely a hospitality veteran. For sure, absolutely. <laughs> and as I say, a very good friend of the show, and I, uh, I really appreciate that. Um, Josh, where are you, and what are you up to? Uh, I'm Josh. Yeah, I work for Caravan Restaurants, based in London. Been down here for about six years now. Uh, so I'm the head of bars for the group. So oversee all of the beverage program, hiring, training of uh, of all the teams, and and get to do all the fun stuff, um, which which I really enjoy and love. I've been working in hospitality for about 
13 years now. Um, and it's just been a, a beautiful journey all over uh, all over this time. Fantastic. And Will, what, where are you and what are you up to? Uh, well, I, my, hospitality-wise, I I met Elsa, actually, in my first job in hospitality at, at Ketner's, I'm, I'm, and, uh, which is quite funny because I've just moved into a new offices in Soho, just down the road from Ketner's, where we both met. But I'm no longer in hospitality. I'm actually now in the sports space. Originally, I was running a sports travel business, um, which was not recent year and a half, probably not the best space to be in. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been a challenging uh, year and a bit. Um, but now I've kind of pivoted to a sports uh, scheduling website, uh, sports information website called Fixture Calendar. And so we're a sort of early stage startup, but with, uh, yeah, big exciting plans to come in the coming months and years ahead of uh, hopefully a, a go-to destination for sports fans and non-sports fans alike. Fantastic. And don't worry about the fact that you're not in hospitality anymore. I mean, genuinely speaking, if somebody has walked past a pub once, then that's a good <laughs> enough connection to this show. Well, it's so interesting. I've been back at this new office we've just moved into in Soho. It's just all the memories from my my hospitality career have flooding back, and uh, they're very, very happy memories. Probably the, definitely the best job I've ever had was my time in hospitality by far. Aww. Come back so in. Making me question, <laughs> we need what you. am I doing? I should, I should go back. Why am I, what am I trying to be uh, doing tech and sports? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and Angus, you're, um, you clearly don't have a, a regular job because you're always off gallivanting <laughs> doing challenges. Yeah, um, similar to Will in that I have worked in hospitality in the past. Um, while I was at university running bars and restaurants but um, yeah no, now I'm in the adventure uh, ultra endurance space and I actually run the Great Pacific Race which is a, an ocean rowing race going from California to Hawaii that I'm competing in this year but yeah by and large I try and stay on the water for as long as possible um, most of my <laughs> income and job is yeah from training training people to cross oceans and used to work in the boat building space as well so the boats that 90 percent right. of these people that are rowing cross oceans in i used to build and actually the boat that we did this expedition in uh, the west coast of scotland was was one that i built and um, moved away from right. that now and moving more into the event space right so how do you all know each other obviously there's a couple of obvious connections here but how did you all kind of come together to to make this happen so i'm sort of the the, the the glue that holds this team together in terms of who's right, who. yeah yeah I uh so I, I guess in 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 order I, I met Will first when him and I worked at Kettner's as he as he mentioned um cool oh, I don't know what year was 2010 wasn't it goodness me 2010 I think yeah you came in late yeah. 2010 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah absolutely so that's Will and I have been really close friends since then and uh, then a few years later, I met Josh. Um, obviously, we worked at Caravan together for, uh, yeah, 2018-19, best part of that. And then I met Angus, uh, interestingly, when I was, um, I did a executive course at Columbia Business School in 2019. And he was actually with one of his teammates, Jason. Um, they were sort of doing a speech on, you know, the power of aligned teams and, and talking about their you know, obviously incredible adventures, crossing oceans and such. And, um, and that's how him and I met. Um, and then, you know, it was basically, you know, that the whole reason for coming up with this, you know, with this row was, you know, I was so fascinated with what, with what Angus did and, you know, and the fact that he had, had not just done these adventures, but really effectively did this for a living. And I just, I, I, uh, I'm definitely not somebody who does endurance of any shape or form, unless wine drinking is a form of endurance. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've never done anything. Uh, yeah, I've never done anything to challenge my fitness. I've never run, uh, you know, a marathon or even a 5K run. I've never competed in anything. I wasn't particularly good at sports at school. Come on, Elsa. No, true, 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 true story. But I just, I was absolutely fascinated by you know, but what Angus was doing. And I just, I kind of, I thought I'm never going to be able to to do what he does in terms of crossing an ocean, but I'd had a real uh, desire to sort of understand what your body goes through and what your mind goes through, especially because he does it for like weeks at a time. And I, I don't like when there's something I don't understand. I'm like, I, I need to kind of get into it to, to really grasp what it's like. So 
Yeah. Originally, funnily enough, the idea was that we were going to go, you know, I asked Angus, you know, where can we do a sort of three day row so that I kind of I, I push myself like what's the right amount of time. And, you know, Angus said about three days is like a good amount of like so that you can really understand like how difficult it is. But, it, you know, not too long either. And originally we thought let's do a three day row. And, and Angus said, well, why don't we do it in Spain? Um, so originally the route was never going to be in Scotland. It was going to be from. Where was it from again, Angus, and to? Uh, Valencia to Palma. Um, so mainland yeah. Spain into the Balearics, um, which is a yeah. route that I've, I've rode a few times, and it's absolutely beautiful, lovely and warm. Um, <laughs> yeah, very different to what we experienced up in Scotland. I was going to say, you, it made, made perfect sense to just transition that into the, the, <laughs> the, one of the most forgiving coastlines in, uh, in the whole of the British Isles. Oh, That's right. God, yeah. And then as we got close to it, you know, we realised, you know, we're not going to be able to get to Spain. Obviously, with COVID, there's just no way to, yeah. you know, to get to Spain. So where can we do it? you know, in the UK. And, you know, yeah, I, I think that it was sort of Angus who suggested, he said, well, if we're going to do something in the UK, then let's do it where, yeah, it's going to be tough, but also it's going to be really beautiful. And you're going to feel like you've, you know what I mean, that you've challenged yourself. And he having, he's rode around Britain, he knew that that was the sort of area which, um, which we should tackle, really. Um, and actually, I have to say, I mean, all of us were absolutely amazed by the beauty of the coastline and the color of the water i mean i i had no idea that scotland had yeah had that colored water it was just the most extraordinary thing and that we saw dolphins i mean i didn't know that there were dolphins around <laughs> it's just amazing yeah well i mean as somebody who grew up on the western isles of, of scotland the beaches when the sun is out they look like the caribbean yeah um re regrettably the sun fails to come out more often than not so uh, you don't get to see the the best of it all the time but um it is it's, it's one of the most beautiful parts of the world absolutely i probably would say that but anyway <laughs> no i think that too phil i uh it was deceptive i almost made the mistake of uh jumping into the water at one point because it was really crystal clear <laughs> and there was a white sandy beach in front of us yeah, that would have been a, a grave error of judgment. Um, it sure would have. Thankfully, the uh, the skipper talked me out of it. So uh, we'll have to thank for that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good segue, actually. You you had uh, recruited a, a skipper as well, as I understand it. So there was the four of you doing the, the grunt work and then somebody kind of keeping you on the, the straight and narrow from a safety perspective. No, that's no. that. So, no. so, so, that is a lie. That <laughs> is a lie. <laughs> Angus, you tell, you tell them. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I was, yeah, I was skipper. Um, unfortunately, about well, was, Will and I were actually training together about three weeks before the row, and I um, essentially slipped a disc in my back. So we went from four rowers with me skippering to me basically being the person on the boat who just tells them what to do, and I could just sit back and relax. Um, right. So yeah, so I was in charge of kind of the, the, the nav, the safety, and making sure that. The guys would get back home safe and then did very minimal rowing so i can't really take any credit for this at all it's really down to these three heroes that, that pulled the oars the whole way around mile and they got us to the finish line where was the call it's tough that the person to stepped in injury is the professional but you know, yeah yeah for the other three like you know if one of us to go down it wouldn't have been a big deal but to lose angus it was uh, yeah couldn't have been worse the person to lose from the other. I feel step. like he did that on purpose just to test you psychologically. Absolutely. <laughs> Objective achieved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's what was what went into the planning of this then? What did you kind of have to cover off and you know and and where where did the objective come from in terms of aligning yourself with hospitality action and and then setting the the financial target? Um, I think it has to be said that if, if 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 Angus is the captain on the boat, Elsa is very much the captain on the land. Uh, right. I think we can, uh, <laughs> Not just for the row, but in life. <laughs> I think your question was, how did we end up doing this? I've learned in life, if Elsa asked me to do something, you know, I do it. You know, I think that's, uh, so I think she can explain um, that very well. But she's definitely our captain on land. Most of the time. <laughs> I like I like that explanation, Will. I feel like that's I'm going to use that in life. When if Elsa asks something, you just do it. I think that's, that's a good. Probably I, not on I, I the like water. That. Elsa 
not our captain, but on no. the land, most definitely was. Yeah. Do you want me to record the soundbite, Elsa, and just yeah, send it please. to you? And then every time somebody, I'll, I'll, I'll put it as my ringtone when Will calls me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. So obviously, yeah, there was the initial decision to say, I, you know, I would like to do a crazy row like this. And then saying, okay, I would like a couple of people to do this with us. Because obviously I said, I don't want to do it just the two of us because Angus and I will fall out and it'll be the end of us. So I said, we definitely need two people with us to just support this endeavor. And then really, I just, I thought about who would I want, what, who would I want in a small space, as small as this, that, that I would want to share this experience with. And my, my first thought was Will, because Will just loves, I, you know, Will definitely has a, a, a more, uh, I mean, he loves sports, you know, above anything else, we, you know, hence why he started a, you know, a sports startup of all yeah. things. But he also, he's definitely got... He, you know, a very competitive streak and he's done, you know, multiple, is it multiple marathons? He's about to do another marathon coming up, but he's definitely got a much, (laughs) no, you wouldn't say that's true, Will? Yeah, I potentially, I think I moved to America a few years ago and I got incredibly large eating too much junk food and drinking too much. And I think I found fitness. And ever since I definitely have been up for any sort of physical challenge, be it marathons, do I, you know, bike rides, uh, anything really, anything, anything yeah. that's, um, yeah, a bit of a challenge, I'm up for it really. So yeah, this is perfect, something I never would have considered doing, but yeah, when Elsa asked, it was definitely, uh, I didn't hesitate too long. When Elsa asks, you say <laughs> yes. Exactly, you heard it, yeah, exactly, I'm, 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 yeah. got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I thought, who you know, who could be the fourth? And I kind of, you know, thought in my head about who I would want. And actually, yeah, my my next hunch was, was Josh. And actually, strangely, I thought, you know, I would love Josh on the boat because he is somebody who can motivate any team. He's somebody who's always got a smile on their face, who can crack a joke when you're just like, you want to cry. He's the guy who makes me laugh. And I thought, absolutely, Josh. But actually, my gut feeling was that he was going to say you're crazy I'm not doing it but we were having a few drinks in a in a bar as we do and uh and I and I mentioned it to him I said listen I'm thinking about doing this you know slightly crazy thing this row and and I I had barely finished my sentence and he was like I'm down yeah let's do it and I was like is this because you've had about seven cocktails and he was like no 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 I'm down but I I think he may have regretted the decision the next day but by then he had already said yes Funny how uh, alcohol can uh, can help with decision making. Yeah, it, it was definitely one of those ones that um, that little bit of Dutch courage had helped me make the decision a bit faster. But uh, I think I think all of us who who have made our careers in hospitality, um, we 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 see challenges and they're they're ahead of us, and, and we get really inspired by that. Um, and I've had I've had the benefit and the pleasure of of hearing about the the challenges. The, the cross Atlantic and then the the cross Pacific challenges um, that have always been incredibly inspired by that. So even just hearing the first the first minute of uh, of of Elsa's convincing pitch had me had me going, wow, yes, that's 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 my opportunity to get a taste of it. And then just to push myself to, to trying something um, for the first time. And again, very much, you know, very much like the guys have said beforehand. You know, fitness and and kind of physically demanding challenges have never been necessarily my forte. But it's that kind of thing, like trying to get a taste of something, finding out how to push yourself in a different way, um, give give yourself those challenges and and see really what you're made of. It was was definitely something that jumped out at me straight away. So, yeah, I I definitely did wake up the next morning and uh, and have that thought of, oh, geez, what have I said myself? and will they remember this but yeah I think within about yeah half an hour of that thought crossing uh crossing my head then Elsa texted me to make sure that I was still keen (laughs) that's the contract signed right I'm a man of my word so uh yes I'm in however um however much I may be thinking uh thinking about the questions that I should have asked last night then I was like well I'm in now so in for a penny and for a pound Oh, and you know, and I will say, you know, when I asked both of them, it was still on the basis that it was going to be in sunny Spain. And I was, I sold the event on like, <laughs> we're going to be in Spain and we're going to arrive in like, you know, Mallorca or Menorca and it's going to be beautiful. And we could take a few days there. And like, I sold it as like a summer holiday. I did not like, I think if it had been Scotland from the get go, I don't know that I would have yeah, had the same been on your own. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. 
for how her. far out were you from from the actual row then when when you made the call that you were that you're going to have to well actually how far out were you when you decided the date because obviously you know you can't just rock up and you know turn up on day one without any training you've got to kind of train yourself a little bit in many different things I would imagine to to get yourself boat ready I'm, I'm trying to remember actually uh I try to remember the timeline because because of COVID and yeah, you know, things in between the two sh- lockdowns wasn't it that we came up with the idea um I feel like yes. that kind of like November time October, November yeah, probably. And I think we always said that we were going to do it before Angus left for the Pacific race. So we said spring, you know, I think it had something to do. Oh, I think it had something to do with the fact that it was something to do with, with tides and weather and stuff in Spain, wasn't it originally, I think. And that's why that's we right. said that's right. Yeah. yeah. Ideally, we want to, if you're going to do the Spanish route, you want to be doing that in, in May. Um, uh, that's when I'm leaving to do the Pacific. So we just bought it a little bit earlier. Um, and then when we had to change the route going from Spain to to Scotland there's sort of a few alarm bells thinking well yes that's potentially the driest month in in Scotland but it can still be very <laughs> cold but we didn't re- really have an option of it was either right we can delay until September which none of us really wanted so yeah we we stuck to the date and yeah just sucked up getting cold in Scotland instead and that was the thing there was there was a lot of um, training involved. Like I mean, for me, who, who's never, I should I, hope so. There was a lot of training, yeah. And you know, we we actually were really lucky because we were all trained by by Gus, who is actually, funnily enough, Angus's best friend, and also they rode together and won the Atlantic race in twenty what seventeen fifteen uh, sixteen sixteen, and wow. he is like the most famous ocean rowing trainer like that's he's incredibly fit like proper personal trainer and he basically trained us all for this and you know at first I was like well you know it's three days how much training does one actually have to do and it's actually unbelievable how much training one has to do like to put your body through it is actually yeah it is a lot like when the fitness level especially for me was zero to start with like I had to basically like learn everything so we, we did train really hard actually and when there was a prospect of thinking, do we then delay to later in the year? I, I was like, I can't train for another three months. I can't. I have to, like, please. Like, <laughs> there was an end in sight. Like, you cannot make no me train never. another. Exactly. I was like, I'm not training another three months. Like, we, we even got a rowing machine in the garden because, you know, we couldn't <laughs> access gyms at all during. Yeah, yeah, so we had to train, like, socially distance, like, in our gardens, you know, just, and, you know, and that was tough. And, like, literally you know, the day after we got back from the row, I was like, get that rower out of my garden. <laughs> like, I never <laughs> want to see this machine again. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's basically what Sir Steve Redgrave said when he won his fourth Olympic gold or whatever, is that, you know, didn't he say, don't, if I ever get, go near a boat again, just shoot me. And then he got... <laughs> that's he really that's got... the next um, quote that Elsa should hold on to, being compared to Steve Redgrave. That's, yeah. uh... <laughs> <laughs> He's collecting quotes today for herself. Yeah, I don't know who that person is, but I'm going to imagine from what you've just said oh, that he no, rose. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh god, you're, you're embarrassing yourself now, Elsa. Also. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, talk yeah. us through then. Uh, anyone can take this on. But talk us through what a typical kind of training session would have involved. Somebody else than me. <laughs> a lot of people kind of think because you're going to be rowing nonstop or two hours on, two hours off for three days that it's all about big, having big, strong muscles, and really what makes a team successful in this sport is just being, make sure you've got a really malleable body and minimizing any damage. We were obviously, we went down from four rowers down to three when I pulled out with my back. So we couldn't afford in any way for another rower to go down. Um, So yeah, the the training sessions is all mobility, flexibility, and then around that building strength and power. But really, yeah, the focus for us was, was the mobility side. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think just what I guess was uh, was seeing there was just it was kind of all about trying to trying to maximise like our, our full all round um, fitness for each of us. Um, I think we we all came into it slightly different different levels of ability. Um, I think I think as as Elsa pointed out, Will is probably the most passionate and dedicated uh, fitness head amongst us. So very much a case. People from my school days are laughing at that comment. (laughs) I definitely have had a change in my personality later in life. That's not always been the case. But what was amazing for me and Josh is we got to 
come to the garden at, 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 at Elsa's house with the rowing machine and between Angus and, and Gus, they, they, they sorted these programs out for us. So it was pretty, uh, yeah, it was, it was I, I think it was one of my favorite parts of the whole experience was that twice a week we all got together and got to use all the bits of kit and, and be directed on how to, to, to use them and what to do and how to do you know, all these different moves and stretches and strengthening and all these challenges on the rowing machine. It was, it was, it was, um, it was really great really well done and I think me and uh, Josh who did our training together we got a, a, a lot out of those sessions and you could really see the benefit quite quickly following following the advice we were taking and it definitely once we got on the row we could really see the work we put in really yeah was, was evident yeah because I, I, you know speed is not the uh, the objective here is it it's uh, it's about completion rather than exactly. obviously you've got to get round where you're you're trying to get round it within the 72 hours but but it is just about making sure that you're that you're there and you can turn up. Yeah, and it's 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 really. I mean, there is obviously the obviously the physical aspect is the hardest, but there's a huge mental uh, strength that you need to have to to keep going because you, you know, it's you know. I mean, we were lucky in the sense that we had we actually had three days of sunshine. We had really beautiful weather, which you know was you know unbelievably lucky. But it was about between two and eight degrees, so it was genuinely just freezing especially for the night shifts and you know as um angus was saying you know usually when they do the big crossings of the atlantic and pacific and such their their shift pattern is you know two people on two people off and every two hours so two hours on two hours off 24 hours a day the entire crossing so we Mm -hmm. decided to adapt to, to take on this pattern also so that we would you know what we wanted was to really understand what Angus does and, and reproduce it as much as possible. So we decided to, to take on that pattern as well. But with after about 24 hours, I had to change my shift pattern to one hour on, one hour off because I couldn't, my body started completely failing after the first 24 hours and I couldn't get through a two-hour shift. So I changed it to one on, one off, which was better for me, definitely was the right decision because it meant that I could keep going. But the problem is when you have your one hour off, you just you don't have time to really rest. You you know you barely have time to eat. You definitely don't have time to sleep. So, yeah. um, so it's got its its own challenges. I was really frustrated that I couldn't get through a two hour shift towards the end. But it's just you know especially at night, it's just it's so ice cold and you're just your body you know seizes up and it makes just the muscular pain you know even worse. And uh, and yeah, that was you know it's definitely to keep going when it's yeah it's three o'clock in the morning and it's pitch dark and it's freezing and you just you just can't warm up and you have to get onto the get on the oars is you know is unbelievably difficult i thought that was yeah it was very very hard yeah it was it was definitely an interesting detail that i don't know if angus kept it from us but when you start drilling down <laughs> to his past experience you start learning that actually the atlantic is quite warm most of the way and then he's done the indian ocean it's quite warm he's about to go to hawaii quite warm <laughs> he failed to tell us when we did our training weekend in essex that it was zero degrees and on this one else is saying it's two degrees but geez it felt minus sometimes but these these this was really cold and you turn out that these rowing events that these serious guys do they don't do it in cold places and there we were we've only done it in cold places so i think that that detail was definitely um, yeah, probably um, kept from us slightly. Just how tough rowing in the cold is, Elsa has, has explained very well. Like it was really difficult. The, the coldness is. It, I think it's the biggest detail. I think that's when it gets into your bones, the cold, and then you get your two-hour break in in, in in the typical two-hour, two-hour and off. Is you go into your cabin, but there's no heaters or anything, so it's actually cold in there. So you're off time. You're cold as well. So just getting warm is really, really, really the hardest challenge. Both for our training, we did we did some train a training weekend. And on the real thing, I think the coldness is definitely the hardest detail from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask you about that in terms of the the makeup of the the boat itself. What are we actually dealing with here? I mean, I, I've obviously seen pictures and I've seen a lot of um, uh, endurance rowing on telly and things like that. But just talk talk us through what you're kind of living in for seventy two hours. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll probably take this on. So, yeah, these are the nine meter boats, and you've got two cabins. One in the one at the front, which I call it the palace, <laughs> and in there you, you, <laughs> you don't have any electrics. Um, there's no navigation equipment. It's just a bed. You're looking probably four foot wide maximum, 
and you can't sit up straight in it really so yeah it's essentially a a large coffin and then in the stern cabin (laughs) you've got all the navigation equipment and the power anchor and everything that you kind of need to for the safety side and again that similar kind of size Elsa and I well she whenever she needed a sleep she would kick me out of the cabin because it was basically impossible (laughs) for us to both be in the cabin Um, and then yeah three three rowing positions out on the deck and yeah that that's pretty much it it's a very flat bottom boat but really the the whole aim of when we're designing these boats is trying to make something as small as possible as light as possible that's going to get you across yeah. these oceans as quickly as possible and comfort isn't really taken into account um people who are signing really? up these kind of rows are n- n- normally interested in just getting across as quickly as possible and then enjoying the comfort when they get into antigua or hawaii and so yeah these guys then had to step in and really is the first three days i find the hardest on these big expeditions so these guys really had to just adapt really quickly and yeah didn't have any of the luxuries that we get when we're doing these bigger rows of finishing off in antigua and enjoying the luxury there then the warmth it was still bloody cold when we got into oban and had to go and nestle into a, a little restaurant to get some food but yeah so it's um the boats are yeah as I say, definitely not designed for comfort somewhat exposed yeah somewhat <laughs> exposed i think that that was definitely the eye-opening thing as well is is you know i'm I'm pretty petite as a person. I'm, you know, I can pretty much fit in any, any size compartment, but, you know, just being in the cabin, you know, with Angus, you just, you're completely squished. It is so small. There's nowhere to put your legs, your head, you're, you're just compacted into this tiny space. And, you know, it made me realize like they do, when they do these big crossings, it's like, it's four massive guys and if ever there's yeah. a storm or anything and they all need to go into the cabins, which does happen, you know, I said, I said, how do you fit in this? Like, it is awful. You just can't, you cannot move. It's You've definitely yeah. got to get on well with yeah. each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's yeah, it's definitely I think we're definitely all a lot closer now in terms of our friendship, to say the least, you know, not least because we were in close proximity. But, you know, one of the lovely logistics of being on these boats and will is going to start cringing now is that we um you know the the only way to go to the bathroom on one of these boats because there is no bathroom is a, is a lovely uh, plastic bucket that lives on the deck so that was that was a question i was going to ask you because uh, you definitely <laughs> i suppose you've got to park your pride at the uh, at the entrance for for the, something like this yeah definitely (laughs) that was definitely you know for boys it's way easier i would like to say like as a female i was like okay this is like logistics are more difficult for me so um yeah you definitely uh actually the first the first few hours we were all like i think really nervous about it and then actually after day one i had been just throwing up anyway non-stop so i was like i don't even care anymore i don't even care i need to go to the bathroom everybody look away it's fine but it's cold can i just say it's cold on deck <laughs> yeah that was actually the, the first thing that i saw uh, one of the first posts that i saw was is that we're off and that was you know that's our first 24 hours under a belt and uh yeah elsa's basically just spent the whole time throwing up <laughs> and i thought oh goodness that's you know as if you as if it's not tough enough that then that becomes a different challenge in itself because you you know you you're then you've got to get you've got to replace these fluids right and replace what you're yeah. what you're losing that your body's not getting the benefit of i got really worried really in the first yeah it was i think within probably about what four hours i started throwing up like that first i think my first shift i was fine and i thought great and then the waves started hitting us from the side so the boat was rocking left to right and somehow when it yeah. rocks forward like up and down it's all right but left to right your balance starts to completely, you know, get messed up. And, you know, I started being sick and then, yeah, exactly. I couldn't, I couldn't drink any water. I couldn't keep any food down. And, you know, what happens is that you just don't want to eat anything. And so, you know, Angus is used to dealing with this. So he was trying to give me just, yeah, little rehydration sachets and stuff, but I just, I just couldn't keep any of it down. There was just nothing, nothing staying down. So, uh, you know, we got to, where did we get Angus when we decided to change direction? We changed the route, really, because we were meant to go up to the, the original route was going to be through the Sound of Mull up um, under like Sky Bridge, like via what is it, Tobamori, and then around Sky and then back down to Oban. That was going to be the original distance, which would have been the same distance as what we ended up doing. But mm. as we were about to sort of turn right and go up towards Sky, 
Angus made a call of like, because I was just, I just couldn't stop throwing up. And he was like, we're just going to keep having the same waves hitting us from the side if we go this way. So right. he made, thankfully, really the right call and said, we're going to take a different route now and like, and just go, you know, south. And that way you're not going to, like the waves will be behind us as opposed to on the side. And then, you know what I mean? And yeah. and yeah, and amazingly, the next day, as soon as we changed direction and the waves weren't in the same, yeah, weren't pushing us in that way, then I was, uh, I was fine. I managed to get a bit of food in me. And then after that first kind of, yeah, eating, I was like, all right, I'm okay. I can keep, I can keep going. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a stage where I was just thinking, as we're going past Tobermory, that was basically the, the last safe haven that we could pull into. And there was a stage where I was just thinking, right, Elsa's actually not eaten for, for 18 hours and not drunk anything, and she can't keep anything down. So yeah, there may, may be a chance that we may have to put her on land, drop her off and say, Maury, put her in a and b and we'll come pick you up in 40 hours' time. Which um, is really what I wanted to happen. I was like, yes, please, <laughs> please drop me. I beg of you. I'll swim to shore, please. <laughs> Well, that's it. That's why, exactly why I didn't say it out loud. I had all these ideas in my head. I think as soon as you give someone that, then that option, when you're feeling as low as Elsa was feeling, then it's very easy to say yes to that. And I just knew all she really needed was to get a litre of water down her and one meal, and she'll bounce back. Um, and luckily, yeah. yeah, as Elsa said, as soon as we turned the corner and we had the waves behind us, she, uh, yeah, she managed to keep some food down. If ever there was a, a, a sort of testament to having somebody on board who knows what they're talking about, there it is, right there. <laughs> but it, yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine the. I, I've not done anything like of this kind of endurance. There was one challenge that I did once that that involved going up lots and lots and lots of stairs, and the mind games that I played with myself around, you know, just getting out and taking the lift up yeah. ten stairs, uh, ten flights, or something <laughs> like that. You know, I'd suggest that actually the the mental challenge is probably tougher than the physical. Definitely. Absolutely. I'm glad somebody said yes because otherwise I'd have, I'd have sounded. No, no, no. I think I think it's 100. <laughs> percent I, I, yeah. I, I think that's the first thing you think when about this is it's definitely mental, keeping yourself going, the monotony of it, all the rest of it. The physical. I think we did the training, and I think it was okay. Well, I, I don't speaking. Don't want to speak for everyone, but like, it, yeah, I, I, I really clearly the mental challenge more than a physical challenge. Yeah, and that's why it's such a, such a great sport because there are so many people that can do ocean rowing, and I've trained a, a team of fifty-year-old mums who wanted to take on the Atlantic who had never done any endurance challenges before, and even run a five k, and they wanted to row the Atlantic. And if you can get yourself in the mental mental mindset and know that you're going to go through hell, then the physical body can cope with that. And it's amazing what your body is capable of the levels that you can push it to, but only if you've got the mental mindset. Um, and this sport really does lend lend it to those kind of people. Yes, obviously the fitter you are and the stronger you are, the easier you are going to find it, but it doesn't mean you have to be the strongest, fittest person in the world to complete these challenges. There was definitely yeah. a moment on like, I, it was night two. Uh, was it night two? Yeah, night two where... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Some point that was the hardest. Well, you you tell it because that was that was just awful. Yeah, it was just it was it was like we were rowing in like cement. We were just rowing and rowing and rowing, but not going anywhere. I think we were against the wind, against the current, against the tides. It was just we weren't moving anywhere. And then you look to your right, there was like a light <laughs> on the land, and it just wasn't moving. And I remember I, me and Josh, we kind of flipped. So. I was saying, Josh, how's the shift? And he, I kind of looked where we were. And I thought, I'm sure this looks familiar from where I was. To, you were two hours ago. Have you guys been doing anything type thing? And I did my two hours. And the same thing happened. We didn't move anywhere. And he came out. And he's like, what? We're still here. And it was just the most bizarre thing that we just didn't go anywhere in, I think, probably six hours. I think it was sort of three, two-hour shifts, just pretty static. And that's so demoralizing because you're just like, God, yeah. we're just rowing to stay stand still. To, to stay still. Um, yeah, very, very tough. And we did, we did really cold. want to do that distance. So, you know, it's, it's really depressing because you, yeah, you, you see, you know, you've got this little dial that just shows you what speed you're going at. And if you stop rowing for once, if you take your hands off the oars to have a sip of water, you literally move backwards. Like it pushes you. <laughs> so you're just right. like, oh my God, like I'm not. Yeah. And that, that one light was just the most upsetting thing. I was like, don't look to the right. Don't look to the right. Don't. But every time you look and it's not moved and you're like, oh my God, yeah, I'm not moving. 
<laughs> laughing at us. It felt like there yeah. was, it was just it was yeah it was taunting. And I was like, not moving anywhere. This is my perfect moment to convince them to stop early. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Will, don't you think that we should stop? And then I had my next year for Josh. Josh, I think we should stop, right? Don't you agree? Look, this light is not moving. And I swear, I almost broke them, <laughs> but they were like, No, we're gonna keep going. They were way stronger than me. Hundred percent. If oh. I had been in charge of this endeavor, we would have stopped after the first day, definitely. That's those that that little uh, that devil that sits on the shoulder, isn't it? The the one that tells you, you've got one on one shoulder that says no, keep going, yeah. and the other one going, look how lovely it would be if you just stopped it now. <laughs> but you know, it was a real testament to the encouragement that we got while we were in the water. We got just hundreds of messages, and and you know, and to me, that the the moment where I you know had this real burst of like, wait, I, I do need to finish. This was actually, there's the executive chef at Caravan, uh, a guy called Matt, uh, who is just amazing, Matt Burgess. And he, he sent us a video. It was like the beginning of day three and we had just had that horrible night. And I, I received a video on my phone. I had this very intermittent signal. And he took a video in the kitchen with all the chefs and KPs and like the whole kitchen team. And he's like, Elsa, we're in the middle of brunch service on a Saturday. It's like, you know, it's crazy, but we just wanted to say, keep going. We love you. We, we love that you guys are doing this for hospitality action and every, all of them are waving. And I just thought, Oh my God, like it was, that was the moment for me where I was like, we just, yeah, we have to finish this. Like we have to keep going. And it was, it was such a beautiful moment. And, you know, I obviously burst into tears because I was exhausted and, you know, yeah. and emotional and, and that was, yeah, that was a really, really special moment. And that's when we realized, actually, it is pretty amazing that we get to do this and that we get to raise this money. And then, yeah, like the kind of we have to, you know, we have to complete this. Yeah. I thought you were going to say there, look, it could be worse for you. You could be in the middle of a brunch service <laughs> on a Sunday. <laughs> there was definitely that. There was definitely that. Yeah. So obviously we talked about some of the adversities. What went well? Well, finishing. Anything <laughs> <laughs> finishing obviously went well. <laughs> yeah. oh, the, the huge thing for us that we weren't really expecting was is the fundraising side of it. But only five days before where we left, we set ourselves a target of raising ten grand for hospitality action. And five days yeah. before, we were still on five thousand pounds. We're thinking, oh, we're gonna basically have spent more money than we're gonna raise for a charity for this, and then. Yeah, from day one, we just started seeing some pretty big donations and a lot of people coming in. So that was massive when we were on the end of day two, we kind of hit our target, I think it was. Um, and then it was like, right, now let's aim for 11 grand, let's aim for 12 grand. And th that's that's massive for a three-day expedition um, for, for the four of us to be able to raise that amount of money is it, huge and for the community to get behind us and spread the word. I think that was our biggest success in this whole thing. Mm. Yeah, it definitely felt like there was an absolute surge like it's almost like the the internet went oh it is tough all right here's here's some money i, I think i think elsa's uh, social media when we did have reception i think there was a couple of videos when i think um she was very clear on how it was going and i yeah I, people could actually see how hard it was and elsa communicates fantastically and people could really see what a challenge it was and yeah it was like a boom it just like I, we couldn't believe how when we when we were going in and out of reception and we were checking again just how many donations had happened over that sort of second day it was yeah it was amazing it really was yeah. and then we had just we just had these beautiful moments of just yeah stopping and looking at the beauty of where we were and obviously just seeing a pot of dolphins was pretty incredible like that was mm. uh, something I didn't expect and Lots of seals. Seals just love to pop their heads out when you're sitting on the bucket. Can I just say oh, that was a recurring thing? The nosy <laughs> swines. They've got to know what's going on. Big fear of missing out. Um, yeah, the, the seals were fascinated by us. I felt like they they was yeah they were always popping up, weren't they? It was it was uh, yeah very... yeah they'd, they'd be going. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, and just just the conversations like it was just it's lovely. It's such a yeah, we just had lovely chats up there, and and I think we're definitely the four of us will will always have an like amazing bond. Having you know, we did before, but just you know, having done this together is um has been really amazing. I'm really glad that I'm obviously an expert at putting you know teams together because it works so well. Nobody uh nobody mm. argued or anything. It went well. We're all still friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'd be remiss to uh, miss out. My, my personal highlight was. 
have to thank Angus for this, is I'm a massive NFL football fan and uh, we were rowing during the uh, NFL draft, which is pretty niche probably for your listeners, but it's uh, a big deal. (laughs) And he managed to get his speaker working and we had the burst of 4G to get reception. So I was rowing in the middle of the night as my team, the San Francisco 49ers, made their pick. I think I'm probably globally no... American football fan was in the middle of uh, nowhere listening to the NFL draft at two o'clock in the morning. So I, I will always remember that moment quite, quite clearly. <laughs> this was when that I was That was your highlight. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, obviously, I, after the Dolphins and the donations, I, I'm going to remember my, my NFL moment on the waters of Scotland. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah. That's well, I, I guess in your deepest, darkest moments, you, you cling on to any moment of joy, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I actually yeah, wasn't awesome. taking the mickey though. That was a genuinely <laughs> positive comment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, Josh, did you have any? Probably, probably something that Elsa, Elsa hated the most was the fact that me, Josh, and Will are all pretty big sports fans. So we were talking about sports right. the whole way around, and Elsa was just like, "Guys, I'm already growing up. Can you stop talking about sport?" <laughs> Honestly, I was like, seriously, we we have to talk about something else. Like, I it's like I am living the sport right now. I don't need to hear about the sports on top of it. And literally, that's the only thing they spoke about for three days. I thought I just I'm that's it. I'm I'm out. <laughs> but it was a great like yeah. It it felt like you know I I feel like 2020 and stuff has been so tough and you know it feels like an amazing. It's hard to say that you've, you know, that anybody's achieved massive things in, you know, 2020 and, you know, well, at least the start of 2021. And for us, it, it definitely feels like this amazing thing that we can say we did. Yeah. And, and yeah, so it's pretty, it's pretty special to, 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 to say that we've done that. It, it feels like a great yeah, mountain that we climbed, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Do you no, know, absolutely. it really, it really was an incredible, like an incredible experience. Um, I think also obviously you mentioned there about 2020 and, and for working in, in the industry that, that we do, the biggest positive that we have is getting to, to work with people and be part of, of teams where we're all very close and have a great camaraderie. Um, and that's something that, that we very much have, have lost out on, like everyone else in the hospitality industry mm. over the past 18 months. So getting to, to take part in, in something like this straight through from day one of training back in January, like doing rowing sessions in the snow and, and kind of... Uh, running for miles and miles just to try to kind of get fit but having that kind of team bond to help kind of spur us on as well was, was something that, that was really enriching and to be honest like super humbling as well like we touched on those messages that we got on on the Saturday um, which mm. was after the hardest night and it was honestly like we knew that we had uh, friends and supporters that had been following it but I think just the sheer number of, of people that were getting in touch with us sending us direct messages like, egging us on and then since we've returned as well like the, the number of people throughout the businesses that we all work within friends people that we've never met before suppliers people that we'd never thought would have actually had any um any inkling of this have, have been in touch to give us their biggest congratulations and let us know that they found it incredibly inspiring as well at a time when you know everyone's really being challenged so it was yeah. it was it was really kind of humbling brought everything into perspective and i think just helped to to give us all back something that we that we didn't know that we'd missed as much as we had over this kind of past 18 months yeah, yeah I, I felt very thankful and just very yeah just very lucky to have, have been a part of it yeah. yeah, and and I think it's worth saying. Um, Elsa probably explain it better than I would. But about hospitality action, where the money's going, um, you know, I think she's got some good examples of of, of dealing with them. But they, they just an incredible charity, and it's going to be really exciting passing that money across to them and knowing, you know, what wonderful things can be d- done with that money. So yeah, it's it, it's really pleasing to have done it for such a great cause. Yeah, I can imagine, and and that's I suppose where you come back to every time where you're having your your dark moments with this is that you just keep reminding yourself that actually you're doing something here that is you know for the greater good it's something much much bigger than yourself and that's I would imagine that that gives you that little moment extra yeah two percent that you need just to get past that moment and that's why in the first place I decided I said to the boys like we need to have we need to be doing it for something because I said if I'm doing it just for me and my own benefit I'm not gonna I'm there's no way I'll finish it I know that I will be halfway there and say I don't want to finish. Whereas if we do it for a cause, 
I said, come on, it's going to be something so different. Like who in this industry of hospitality is ever going to have rode anything like that? And I thought, and then I can't remember who somebody came up with. Why don't we have all these hospitality and restaurants companies just like, you know, give us some prizes to give out to make sure that we get even more fundraising, which means that Mm. then we got to like, I think actually one of my favorite moments was when we decorated the boat. Like we put the stickers Mm. before we set off and we took a step back after putting all the stickers on the boat and, I was just so I like I had like actual emotional moments seeing all these brands that I love and I you know and we knew somebody in each of these restaurants and how in this year of just that's been a catastrophe for our industry all of them said like we'd love to donate a prize we'd love to donate something for you to to give back you know to give back to our community like it was just we were really humbled by everybody's generosity and kindness during this you know it's been just incredible and and actually the you know the really exciting part is you know it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving like this weekend we're gonna close the fundraiser and we will be giving out all the prizes to the people who have donated and that's going to be great because we get to then you know put another you know smile on people's faces as well as having you know raised lots of money so it's it's been great like it's yeah it's it's really awesome yeah so you're closing donations this weekend the uh, i say this weekend when this comes out it will be the weekend after uh, if people want to donate retrospectively, I'm assuming there'll be a mechanism for, yeah, the, for them to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah there, there, there will be. I think um, we'll, we'll, I mean, you can always donate to Hospitality Action directly. There's always a way to do it. But I, but if they go back to the, I think we'll close it to the prizes, as in we'll give out the prizes to whoever's donated until until the 15th. But obviously, it'll still be open for donations if anybody wants to to, to keep giving because, you know, every, you know, every cent <laughs> helps, helps these guys yeah. do do good. Yeah. And well, or every penny, mm-hmm. even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, was, I was questioning that. What's going on there? <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. I look on on behalf of the the hospitality industry. Not that I uh, have the right to say that, but I um I I absolutely salute you guys. I I'm just in awe of the one to come up with the idea in the first place, but two then to pull it off, and what you've been through to to kind of make sure that this happens all to you know, raise some money for, for an exceptional cause. I can't help but take my hat off to you. So here's to, to 2022, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're joining, aren't you? You're joining the team next year's exhibition? Uh, look, if this is going out in the public domain, absolutely not. But uh, let's talk about it after. No, I would, I would, it, it would be a privilege. I, I've definitely got something in me, a challenge in me. So uh, if you need an extra pair of hands or something, then count me in. Out of the goodness of my heart, Phil, you can have my spot on the boat. Ah, oh, that's so kind <laughs> of you. Uh, no, awesome, guys. Thank you very, very much for, for coming on and sharing the story of uh, of Hospital Row. I, for one, have found it very, very interesting and wish you all the best for the for the rest of the year. And Angus, I hope your back is in good nick now for your, uh, for your well, for the, the main event. Yeah, no, I've um, been seeing some good physios and stuff and back's feeling good. So, yeah, I'll let you know afterwards how it, how it went. Very good. Thanks very much, guys. Take care. Thanks, Thank Phil. you. Thanks very much. Thanks, Phil. No worries. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And there we have it. What a wonderfully inspiring story this is, also demonstrating what is possible when you push yourself to your limits. A huge congratulations to the Hospital Road team who went on to raise £12,370 for Hospitality Action. A quite amazing total. Please don't forget to share the story as far as you can. And I'll see you next week.